Church, before I get started, you know, this, this is a house that's been built on prayer. Um, I want to pray real quick. Uh, I did not do a September 11th message today, but I don't want that to take away from the, uh, the importance of what the day means. So I just want to quickly pray if we could all stand for a moment, and I know it's sit, stand, sit, stand, but I think this is important. Um, I, I just want to pray for the families that have been affected by this. You know, it's been a few years, 21 years, but there are families that have been affected. I, I, when I lived in New York, I actually worked in those buildings. So, so I know that the effect that it can have on people that, that survive and people that have lost loved ones. So just close your eyes and let's pray real quick. Father, we just lift up each and every person that has been affected by the events of, 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 of September 11th, Lord. We don't mark September 11th as a tragic day, Lord. We lift up each and every one that was affected by the events of that day. And we just pray your comfort and your peace over those families, over those loved ones. We pray comfort and peace over each and every one that has been affected, Lord. We thank you for your safety and your protection over their, their spirit, their mind, their bodies, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Well, good morning, church, and welcome. I'm Danielle. That's the wrong script, sorry. <laughs> I get to film Danielle every week. I love it. And every week she just comes with the same excitement that I don't know where she gets. <laughs> Who was here the last time I preached back in February? Show of hands. Oh, great. For you guys, this is part two of that series. <laughs> Everyone else, this is part one, okay? Uh, the title of my message today is, Are You Ready? Look at the person next to you, the good-looking one, and say, are you ready? Ask them, are you ready? Now look at the person on your other side that's better looking and say, am I ready? It's fun being up here. I get to do things like that. I'm going to read a couple of scriptures to you, and then I'm going to go back and read them again, but break down a couple of key points that I saw that impacted me. You know, a lot of, a lot of what, what happens when you're getting in the Word, and <laughs> my kids laugh at me because I, I read my Word on, on my, my phone, I read my Word on my laptop, and you get so comfortable with the convenience of just reading your Word on electronic devices. But as I'm preparing for today... I have five different versions of the Bible open, uh, you know, paper Bibles on my table. I have a concordance, and I have my laptop. And I'm still just trying to dig into the Word and seeing what this Word says here and what it says over there, because different translations, they might have a different word that they use. So I'm reading out of the Christian Standard Bible this morning. Uh, I, I ended up going to uh, one of... Uh, Lydia's favorites, my favorites, the Charles, the Charles Spurgeon Bible. It's a Christian standard Bible. And I love it because he gives some little key, docu key points, just little insight. And, and those points are always great. I did not write any of them down to share today. Sorry, Lydia. But um, it doesn't take away from how awesome it is to get in the Word. And, and you know, turning the pages is a big difference. If you didn't bring your Bible today... We're going to put the, 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 the scriptures on the screen, but uh, I encourage you, carry your Bible. Bring it with you. It's, you know, it, it's part of your arsenal. You know, it, we, we make sure our, our phones are supercharged and ready, and, and we grab our phone, we go back for it if we forget it, but how many of us go back for our paper Bible? How many of us go back for it? So. All right, I'm going to read out of 2 Timothy chapter 4, starting verse, with verse 1. It says, I solemnly charge you before God and Christ Jesus, who is going to judge the living and the dead, and because of his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word, be ready in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and teaching. For the time will come where people will not tolerate sound doctrine. I'm going to pause right there. Sound doctrine. I'm a sound guy. 
You'll get it later. It, it was funny to me. <laughs> For a time will come where people will not tolerate sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, will multiply teachers for themselves because they have an itch to hear what they want to hear. They will turn away from hearing the truth and will turn aside to myths. But as for you, exercise self-control in everything, endure hardship, do the work of an evangelist, and fulfill your ministry. I want to go back to verse 1 for a second. It says, I solemnly charge you. That word charge in the Greek, it's, uh, in, in the Strong's Concordance, it's word number 1263. And forgive me, I don't speak Greek. I barely pronounce Spanish names. Uh, all right, pause. You'll laugh at Pastor Rob's jokes. Okay? <laughs> you could work with me here a little bit. <laughs> I love Pastor Rob. You know, side note, he is, he is a way getting fed. He is a way at a conference to receive, to rest, but to be supercharged because... And I say it every time I get to come up here. You can't fill any one of your cups running on empty. Amen? So moments like this where he gets to go away, yeah, I'm not as cool as Pastor Rob up here. Pastor Stephen is amazing. But whatever the case may be, these are things that happen so that Pastor Rob can be filled, he can come back, and he can be ready and excited to bring the word to all of us. Verse 1, I solemnly charge you. That word charge in the, in the Greek is number 1263, D-M-R-2-R-M-A-H-I. Forgive me if I pronounced it wrong. And it means to give solemn, solemn evidence, to testify solemnly. Thank you. I thought it was good. <laughs> so, testify solemnly before God in Christ Jesus, who is going to judge the living and the dead, and because of his appearing and his kingdom. Pastor's been keep teaching kingdom principles these last seven weeks. He's been teaching kingdom principles, and he's giving us these tools. He's giving us these, these nuggets in the Bible, but these, these life-changing tools for us to be able to set a firm foundation in the word. We need to be ready. Okay, we can't just hang on to whoever's up here preaching, whoever's ministering, whoever we're watching on YouTube or Facebook. We can't, we can't hold on to them to know the word for us. Okay? Verse 2, preach the word. How are you going to preach the word if you don't get in the word? I'm going to say that again. How are you going to preach the word if you do not get in the word? You have to know what the Word of God says so that you can preach the Word. You have to know what the Word of God says so you can be the Word. You hear me? You have to be the Word. You have to live the Word. You have to be able to absorb what these words are saying in the, in, in the Bible and be able to let it flow through you. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Be ready. That phrase, be ready in the Strong's, is word 2186. me. I can try all day and not get it correct. <laughs> My kids will tell you. I get their names wrong. And I, and I named them. <laughs> Be ready. Ephistemi. It's to set upon, set up, to stand upon, be present. Okay. Preach the word. Stand upon it. Stand upon the word in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and teaching. When, it, when you get an opportunity to speak to someone if you're going to show the love of Jesus, you're not going to beat them up with the word. Too many times we have people that they use the word as a weapon to hurt someone. 
and it pushes people away from wanting to know the love of Jesus. What is the big picture here? It's the love of Jesus. It's the love of the Father for us. It's the love of the Father being imparted in us so that we can display it to all others and that they can come to know someone. I'm horrible with names, and if no one remembers my name but they know Jesus, guess what? My job is done. Amen? Amen? I think that deserves a clap. Amen. Preach the word, be ready in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and teaching. I'm going to go to Peter, 1 Peter 3, 15 and 16 and the Amplified. I use the Amplified Bible for this because, again, I'm a sound guy and the Amplified is louder. <laughs> and my kids are shaking their head like he didn't. <laughs> I love the fact that you got that joke. <laughs> I don't get to talk much at the sound desk, so my mouth dries up a little quicker up here. In the First uh, Peter 3, verses 15 and 16. But in your hearts, set Christ apart as holy, acknowledging him, giving him first place in your lives as Lord. Always be ready to give a logical defense to anyone who asks you to account for the hope and confident assurance elicited by faith that is within you, yet do it with gentleness and respect. I'm going to pause there for a second. When you're trying to show the love of Jesus to someone, when you're trying to show that you are like Christ, not like Christians, there is a big difference. We're called to be like Christ. We're not called like, to be like Christians. Amen. Christians will make you look bad sometimes. Okay? I, I, I don't want to follow Christians. I want to follow Christ. I want to be like him. I want people to see him through me. There comes a time where you have to correct people. And how many, how many people here have children or have kids? Show of hands. How many times have you had to correct your children? Is it fun? Sometimes. I'm just kidding. My kids are watching. <laughs> it's not fun. Correcting them is not fun. It's an opportunity for us to teach them, though. It's an opportunity for us to, to encourage them to do better or encourage them that they're doing great. Okay? You're always teaching. You're always, you're always coming with that gentleness, that respect, that loving kindness that we need to display as being Christ-like. Amen? Verse 16, and see, and see to it that your conscience is entirely clear so that every time you are slandered or falsely accused, those who attack or disparage your good behavior in Christ will be shamed by their own words. By their own words. You don't have to attack. I'm going to say that again. You don't have to attack. God will take care of it. If you show his love, and you display Christ in your actions, your attitude, your behavior, he will take care of the rest. It doesn't matter how they receive it. It's a matter of how you display it. You know, we, God looks at our heart. He doesn't look at what's, what's going on around us, and he doesn't say, well, I don't like the shirt he weared. He looks at our heart. I think it's funny that Pastor uses an iPad now and I brought paper. And I'm the tech guy here. <laughs> I love you guys. You're all awesome. I'm going to go back to uh, First Timothy, uh, Second Timothy again. The Bible says be ready, right? Be prepared. It doesn't ask you if it's okay. It doesn't ask you if you have time. 
maybe if you want to get ready. It says, be ready. I, I don't know how, how much more I can emphasize that. Should I jump on a chair? Be ready. We have to get to a place where we prioritize the word of God. We prioritize the things of God. If we want to see God move in our lives. I didn't get enough amens on that one at all. If we do not prioritize God and his word and his attitude and his actions, and we don't prioritize all of the things that are important to him, but we expect, expect blessings from him, what does that say? What, what, how, how? The children, they need to be tra trained. That's good, Pastor Jen. I'm going to write that down. I should have called you yesterday. <laughs> You know, my daughter tells me that why do you look, put all this stuff on paper? You got this. You never use the paper anyway. And she's right. <laughs> like, where am I? <laughs> so in that same verse 2, um, can we go to verse 2 real quick? Preach the word, be ready, in season and out of season. What does it mean to be ready in season and out of season? What does all the time mean? When, you're, when it's convenient and when it's not convenient. See, we, we love to be ready. When, <laughs> um, we kind of have a rule in, 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 in my family. If my wife's not in the room, I'm not allowed to talk to her about her. So I'm going to say someone. How many times have you wanted to get ready to go somewhere and everybody's in the car and then someone has to go to the bathroom? <laughs> I'm kidding. That's me usually. <laughs> we have to be ready in season and out. We have to be ready when it's convenient, when it's inconvenient, when we want to and when we don't. When is a good time to praise God? When you want to and when you don't. Amen. Usually when I don't want to praise God, when I don't want to get into the worship and, and praise him, that's when I need him the most. That deserves an amen. Amen. But those are, those are our principles. Those are things that you cannot, they don't just happen because you say, okay, maybe. You have to get in the word. You have to build a relationship with God. You have to be able to, to dig into him so that he can change things in our lives. I know this firsthand. I was a horrible person. Okay? And, and, and I'm, I'm being sincere. I, 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 wasn't a, I wasn't a nice person growing up. And I got saved at 33. So that's 33 years of garbage. God had to change. You know, and, and, and if I have to say that every single time I come up here, I know it's not the first time I've said that. If I have to say that every single time I come up here, it's because I need you to know that it was not in my strength. It was in God's strength. It was, it was God that took me out of the place I was. I was a horrible dad. I was a horrible husband. I was a horrible neighbor. I just wasn't nice. I didn't like me. But God changed that. You know? and, 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 and it's because I got in the word. I got into knowing who he was. And then I got into knowing who I am in Christ. That deserves a, big, a bigger clap than that. Come on. You know... I really feel the Lord telling me to share all this stuff. So I'm, I'm going to come down here for a minute. And 
I'm, I, I usually move around a lot because it's my comfort zone. I like being out here with you guys because it's more fun for me. I love it. But the truth of the matter is, if we get in the Word, if we get to know the Creator, we get to know Jesus, we get to know His love for us, and we learn who we are in Christ, there is nothing that can hold us back. Okay? Pastor's been teaching these... I've been here 16 years. He teach, he's been teaching great sermons for 16 years. And it's all about learning who we are in Christ and how to apply it to our lives. So wh what do you do to be ready in season and out? You get involved. You get in the Word. You learn the Word. You learn who you are in Christ. You get around people that will encourage you and excite you to get in the word, to apply the word to your life when you're struggling, right? Okay. Get in connect groups. I, I don't say these things because I want to plug things in. You know, connect groups isn't some place where you go because we just want another event and have people busy. This is where we have amazing leaders like Paul and Beth Aquino and... and and, and Roger and Donna Johnson, Lynn Woodall. Uh, I'm not going to name them all. There, there are a lot. But they're all amazing leaders that they will pray with you if you need somebody to pray with you. They will encourage you when you need to be encouraged. They will check on you when you're slacking. You hear that? Because we can't just let you go about doing your thing the way you used to and have you think that something's going to change. So when somebody gets in your face because you're not doing what you were supposed to do to advance you in the things of God, it's not because we want to be mean. It's because we want to see you go better. We want to see you go to the place where God wants you to be. I think that deserves an amen. amen. Get in connect groups. I named a few of them. There's more. Please, if you're not in a connect group, talk to them. See when their connect groups are starting or have started and, and, and get to know them. I, I'd love for you not to, not to meet with them because, again, I don't want you to go because we want to keep you busy. I know the benefit of it for your sake, for our sake. Amen? Amen. We have discipleship class. Discipleship class runs every week because we want to keep you longer in church on Sundays. <laughs> no, because we want to equip you with the tools and the resources that you need to better you so that you can apply it to your life. We're in church for two, three hours on a Sunday. That's six days 21 hours of everything but. So the two, three hours that we're here, we need to make sure that it impacts us by helping us change, by giving us the tools and resources so that during the week, if you run into a situation, you don't get worldly. When that person cuts you off on your drive to work, you know how to say, amen, God bless you. Those are not the first words that I want to say. Oh, no, he's a pastor, and he just said that. I'm also a person. <laughs> if you haven't done a discipleship class here, I feel like I'm doing an announcement video. <laughs> and, and it's not that. I want to make sure that everybody knows that there are tools and resources, not because I can't say it enough. It's not to keep people busy. It's because they're, they're tools to help benefit and advance you in the, the things of God. It's a big deal. September 17th, Pastor Stephen spoke about it. September 17th, we have a family prayer night here. Because we figure we keep you busy on a Saturday for an hour. This is a, a prayer night where pastor's going to be able to, more of a workshop training, 
Because how, how many of you know that we need to be trained? If we want to learn how to apply things to our life, we need to be trained on how to do so. I, didn't, I wasn't born knowing sound, although my mom used to think so. As loud as my radio was all the time. You, you're not just born knowing. You need to be trained. And nights, it's from five to six. Some of you might drive an hour and a half to get here for an hour. So? It's that important. It's that important. Because these are life principles that are going to help you when something comes up, if something comes up. You know how to pray for your family. You know that it's okay to pray for yourself. You know, how to, how, you know it's okay to, to lift people up and encourage them when they're struggling. And that, that's the very reason for these types of workshops. So I want to encourage everyone here, and the cameras are watching, so show of hands, everybody's going to be here, right? <laughs> Just kidding. No? Don't raise your hands. I, 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 can't, I can't stress it enough. You know, getting behind the church and the things that the church does, uh, ministries that we help out like Operation Christmas. Um, I really sound like an announcement video today. Wow. <laughs> yeah, good preaching, Danielle. Amen. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Operation Christmas. How amazing is it that we set a target goal of 1,000? That's a thousand families that will get to hear Jesus. I think that deserves a huge clap. You know, and, and that's a ministry that Pastor Amy has taken on. And I, I, I love her heart. Um, my family will tell you I'm not big on Christmas. I, I love Christmas, but my, my grandmother passed away the day after Christmas. 26 years ago, and for a very long time, it was tied to Christmas. So I, I couldn't get into Christmas. So anytime I, my wife is super Christmassy, she wants to decorate the whole house every year, all the time. If it were up to her, the lights would never come down. The tree will be up all the time. That's not me. Pastor Amy has taken this ministry on. And from Christmas, she's already shopping for next year's Christmas. She's trying to be ready in season and out by getting things ready, by preparing, knowing that, okay, we're going to get great sales right now so we can prepare for next year. But these are the things that we do when we have the kingdom of God in our heart. These are the things we do when we're, when we're focused on, on Jesus, when we're focused on his love, when we're focused on what he wants to do. How, how can we sit and say, well, are you sure God wants to bless a thousand people on the other side of the planet? Always, absolutely. It's his heart. It's his heart for everyone to come to know him. It's his heart for everyone to be able to hear the word, hear the gospel, and be able to spread it to the nations. So I encourage you, this is a ministry that we need help in. Now, yes, we need financial help. We need more donations. We need people to encourage Pastor Amy. And just when you see her, just say, hey, you're doing awesome. Be an encouragement to her, okay? Show her that the time that she spends away from her family because she's running around in ministry is not going unnoticed, that it's something that, that is, is, is blessing not just the people in another country. It's blessing us here. It's, it's encouraging us here. I get excited. I go to well, some of her kids' events, the pop-ups and that she does in the summer. I go to it to, to encourage her. I go to those events not because uh, my, my baby girl is 21. I don't go because we have to go. I go because... I want to be an encouragement, and I want to be there to help and, and to say, hey, you know what? Good job. That's awesome. So I encourage you. Uh, I'm sure there'll be an announcement coming up soon for a packing party. You know, and that's one of those places. We call it a party. 
It's work. And I'll give you a little fun fact. Success only comes before work in the dictionary. You hear that? Should I say it again? I'm going to anyway. Success only comes before work in the dictionary. You have to put in the work. So I encourage you, get behind Pastor Amy. She's going to have this packing party. Let's come out. Let's come out in full force and help her pack these boxes. Because it's not, it's not because we have to do the work. It's because we want to do the work. Because we know kids are going to get blessed. Amen? I'm going to move on to verse 3. Wow, I'm really going slow reading my word today. For the time will come when people will not tolerate sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, will multiply teachers for themselves because they have an itch to hear what they want to hear. Ouch. Based on my rule of uh, if my family's not in here, I can't talk about them. So I'm not going to say Pastor Rob. I don't know how many times I've heard the word preached. And it bothered me. It challenged me. It got me mad. Not because of something they said. It's because what they were saying was affecting what I was doing. Okay? Okay. <laughs> When you're living in sin, and ooh, that sounds tough coming from the pulpit. When you're doing things that are not the God's way, you're in error. Okay? And I was living doing things that weren't in God's word. And when I was living in my sin, as long as I can justify it, as long as I can say it was acceptable to me, it wasn't a sin. So when he came with correction, when pastor came with correction, when he came with the word, and the word was very lovingly and gently beating me up, I didn't like it. But I accepted it. And I learned to apply it. It's not, it's not easy to change. It's not, when you're used to doing things one way, it's not easy to change that and, 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 and going down this other path of, I want to learn how to do things God's way because God's way is better. <laughs> That's a hard task. I, I don't know how many times I worked a lot of hours to provide. I've done more jobs than I did plumbing for a lot of years. But if next week I had to do painting or, or, or construction, guess what? That's what I was doing because I had to provide. I was the person that was doing what I had to do to make things happen. Why is someone else going to tell me how to live? But I failed at it my way. I failed miserably at my way. I had to apply God's word. I don't stand here saying this with, uh, woohoo, look at me. I was the worst counseling session Pastor Rob ever did. It's not a title I'm proud of. And I've shared that before here. But because of his counseling, and, and I, I know the stories now from him, he used to tell me that when he would get in my face and correct the things that I was doing or, or the attitude that I had, he would tell me, I don't know if he's coming back next week because that's how it was and it would bother him to the core that he would have to do those things but I'm glad he did I, I you know I, I I love him he's a good friend and it was those moments where he was challenged how many of you know Pastor Rob gets challenged too Okay. Don't think because he's up here every week and he gets to share a word and he comes up with excitement and he has these great sermons that he has it all together. He gets challenged just like us. And one of the challenges that I know firsthand was when he was challenged with correcting me. 
that wasn't a nice guy. <laughs> I'm glad he did. <clears throat> and it took somebody that was well-rooted and strong in the word to be able to stand firm on the word. And even when I disagreed, bring the correction in a loving and gentle way. Great patience and teaching. That's the end of verse 2. Encourage with great patience and teaching. That's how he brought the loving correction to me. As a result, and, and you know, Juliet's been here since uh, before I got here, and she can tell you, if it wasn't because of pastor and, 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 and making himself a usable vessel for God to do the work, I would have lost my wife, my children, my, my whole family would have been destroyed. The, the, the day that we came to church, April 30th, 2006, that was the day that I got saved. That was the day that my wife got saved. That was the day that we went up for the altar call. And pastor was praying for us, and he looks at my wife and he says, God's going to heal your marriage. And then thinks inside his, of his own mind, what did I just say? See, God was showing him something about what was happening in our family, in our lives. And it takes somebody that is in the word that can be receptive to what the Holy Spirit is telling them. I'm, I'm giving Pastor Rob a lot of high praise now, but I want you to know this. You have that same power. You have that same ability to hear from the Holy Spirit to tell you when things are happening in your life or when things are happening in your loved one's life and that you have to stand in the gap for them, okay? So in the middle of the night, if you get up and you want to pray for, for your, your, your son, your daughter, your nephew, your, your, your you know, aunts, uncles, whoever, do it. If the Holy Spirit is dropping it on you, it's for a reason. If you wake up in the middle of the night and somebody's on your heart, pray for them. There's a reason for it. There is a reason why God put that person on your heart. Amen? These are powerful principles that we don't just know. We have to learn and we have to train ourselves to understand how it works. I don't know how many times... I've woken up in the middle of the night and I just start praying for someone. You know? Sometimes I pray for my wife because she snores louder than I do. <laughs> she walked in the room, I can say that now. <laughs> the jokes are for me, it's an icebreaker. <laughs> the truth of the matter is, when God puts someone on your heart, and you take the time to pray for them, you are doing a huge part in the kingdom. You are doing a huge part in the kingdom of God and in what God's plan and purpose is for you and for that person that you're praying for. Amen. But a time will come where people will not talk, tolerate sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, will multiply teachers for themselves because they have an itch to hear what they want to hear. I can go on YouTube and I can find anybody that will give me the message that I want to hear today. I, will go, I can go on YouTube and I can find that feel-good message, but I'm not going to feel so good when nothing's changed in my life. Verse 4 says, they will turn away from hearing the truth and will turn aside to myths. As people that are seated in heavenly places at the right hand of the Father. It is a disservice for us to let that happen and let people follow myths. We need to be able to be an example we need to be able to not just read the word, 
know the word, bring the word, encourage with the word, and teach them what the truth is. How many of you know the Bible is truth beginning to end? So anything that you say out of the word is truth, right? There is absolutely no reason for anybody to follow what their itchy ears want to hear. If that were the case, I would have left here 16 years ago. Or 15 years and 360 days is the math thing. But And, and, and please, don't, don't misunderstand me. I have nothing against prosperity messages. I have nothing against encouraging, uplifting messages. I have something against encouraging and uplifting and prosperity messages that don't align with God's word. Okay? If, it, if you cannot back it in scripture, it doesn't belong there. You know, I, I just want to make a, a side note here. Um, we did a song today during worship, uh, Reckless Love. <clears throat> that song has a different meaning for me now. Uh, my mother passed away in 2018. And I was in New York for about three weeks. And my family was up there with me. Uh, for the day of her funeral, Pastor Rob, <laughs> my, my, my friend, you know, I, I, I can't express, I can't ex like explain how much love I have for him because of how, how awesome he is. And not just because of the little things he does for me, just how he is, what he does. He flew up to New York to be with me. He was calling me every day, and every day I tell him, yeah, Pastor, I'm good, I'm good, everything's fine, I'm good. But I honestly believe that he heard through my arm good, just like when he was counseling me. I would tell Liz on the way to counseling 16 years ago, I would look at her and I would say, everything's fine this week, okay? And she'd say, okay. And we go in knowing that we'll be out of the counseling session in you know, 15 minutes or less. Those were the four-hour sessions. <laughs> Those were the sessions that took the longest because... I thought I could get away with it, lie to him with a straight face and tell him everything's fine, Pastor. Yep, we're good. See you next week. And he'd be like, sit down. <laughs> tell me how good it is. So when I tell him I'm good, he says, okay. And then suddenly he texts me from the airport, what's the address? I'm here. And I don't, I don't say that because I want to say, oh, look at how awesome he is. I do want to say, look at how awesome he is. But he did that because of his love for my family, his love for God first. He wanted to make sure that I was okay. And, and what a blessing it is to have a pastor, a leader, someone in your life that is your, your, your spiritual covering. He's my spiritual dad. I got saved in this house. Okay? Somebody that would be so willing to put himself aside. I, I think back now, all the times that we counseled, and it was a long time. It went over a year. Yeah, that's how messed up I was. <laughs> come on, you could laugh at that one. Come on. <laughs> Took over a year of counseling. That was a year of hours that he wasn't with his family. That was a year that he had put God's things first and put his family aside. As a result, my family's with me. My, my family serves in the church with me. My, my wife serves in the nursery, my daughter serves on stage and, and in the nursery, my, my middle son, he serves next door. My oldest son, when, he, when he's around, he'll see what he can help with. And it's because of, of, of 
the love that we saw, the love of Jesus that we saw in this house that got us to a place. My kids knew, my oldest especially, he was old enough to see how horrible I was and it ingrained in his head. Jackie, not so much. He was younger, so um, she turned four in this church. She's 21 now, okay? And, and while she may have seen some of the attitude that I had, it, it, it didn't affect her as much as it would have the older ones. They noticed the change. They noticed we're together. I think that's a blessing that needs to get an amen and a thank you, hallelujah, praise you, Jesus. Amen. So I was talking about that song, Reckless Love. This is what happens when you have great leaders that are speaking into your life. My daughter had a great relationship with my mom. And they would, she would talk to my mom more than I did, to be honest with you. I talked to her a little bit, but her accent was horrible, so I got like, oh. Guys, it's a joke, come on. <laughs> I gotta make sure you're awake, come on. So, my daughter built this relationship with, with her grandmother that my, my mom was her biggest cheerleader. Jackie could hit the wrong note on, wrong note on a guitar and she would say, that sounds amazing. So Jackie would video call her and they would, she would play a song for her and they would worship together. And they built this love for each other while they would do this. Well, now we're in New York and it's my mom's funeral. And I asked Jackie, do you want to play for grandma? She says, no, not really. Okay, no pressure. Well, the day before, she says, okay, I want to play. So we run to go get a guitar. I, only to find out afterwards that Pastor Stephen, that has been mentoring Jackie and teaching her how to play the guitar and, and giving her pointers, was also being the kind of leader that will encourage her and tell her, you got this. And when she was scared to play at Grandma's funeral, there was a text from Pastor Stephen that said, you got this, that encouraged her to sit in front of a hundred people she didn't know and play, play one last time for grandma. Those are the kind of things that happen when there are leaders in your life that are willing to encourage you and push you forward. Amen? I do not know why I write notes. <laughs> 1 Corinthians 6.13. Can we put that up? Or I'm going to read it. 1 Corinthians 16.13. Sorry, 16, not 6, 16. Be on your guard, stand firm in the faith, be courageous, be strong. Be on your guard, stand firm in the faith, be courageous, be strong. When you understand the word of God and who you are in Christ, it's a lot easier to stand firm in the faith. The enemy doesn't take days off. The enemy will not pause and say, oh, well, he looks a little too busy for me to bother him today. No. We need to be on guard. Stand firm in our faith. Be courageous because you know what? Sometimes things rattle us. 
you get to go away from the sound desk and come up here and preach. My first thing, when pastor tells me that, I say, can I have everyone turn their chairs around so they look like I'm at the sound desk? <laughs> Be on your guard. Stand firm in the faith. Be courageous. And be strong. Amen? Amen. Well, I'm going to close with this. Galatians 6, 9 through 10 says, Let us not become weary of doing good, for at a proper time we will reap the harvest if we do not give up. Everything that I'm telling you today is centered around being ready and understanding who we are in Christ. We need to be ready. We need to know that it's not going to be easy. But if we stand on Jesus, if we stand on the word, he will give us the strength. Let us not become weary of doing good for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. There are blessings in the word that are yours. Get in the word. Find those blessings. Amen? Amen. Let's stand. While you know, we know everybody goes through things, I go through things, and, and just because I get to share a word today doesn't mean that I don't go through things. I'm going to ask the, the prayer team if they can come to the front so that they can pray for you. If anybody here needs prayer today, we have ministers, we have leaders, we have pastors, we have people that will stand with you and encourage you and pray with you for whatever you're going through. No judgment. This line, we're not here to judge people. We're here to help people. We're here to encourage people. Amen? Amen. Now, before we close, I'm also going to ask you to close your eyes. One of the most important things if we want to be ready is we need to know Jesus. So if anyone here has not accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as his Savior, raise your hand. Thank you, I see that hand. Anyone else? Maybe you've accepted him and you've walked away. And God's calling you to come back today. He's calling you to say, you know what? No matter how far you've drifted away from me, I'm only one step away from you coming back. Amen. Well, Pastor Rob will be here next week, excited and encouraged with a great message for us. I want to thank you all for being here. I'm going to close the service. The, the altar is open if you need prayer. And I, I want to pray with this young man that came up. God bless you, church. Have an awesome week.